right, kids. Have a great day. Everybody off the bus. Hey, Janie, you stay here. Let me help you with your seatbelt. Hey, would you like a piece of candy? That's a pretty shirt you're wearing today. I like that color. Happening right now, Prosper ISD holding an emergency school board meeting after a family sued, claiming a bus driver abused their two young daughters more than 100 times. Across Texas, parents are sending their kids to public schools, trusting that school district administrators, teachers, and staff members, from the principal down to janitors and bus drivers, will do everything in their power to protect the vulnerable. However, while working as a journalist for Texas Scorecard, I started to notice a disturbing trend. Every day, we encountered more and more cases of teachers and other school employees mistreating children. And alarmingly, school districts attempting to cover up for their staff members instead of owning up to their mistakes. In just three months, we covered 18 stories where school employees either sexually assaulted, physically abused, or neglected children. So I decided to sit down with parents from across the state and figure out what's actually going on behind the walls of Texas public schools. I'm Katie Marshall, and this is season six of Exposed, the dark side of Texas schools. The administrators are always going to protect the machine. If you're gonna place the responsibility of self-policing, self-regulating on the part of the school district, they can whitewash what's going on. And to think that it could happen in our own district, scary. The job of the administration is to protect the machine of the district. More than 5.4 million kids attend Texas public schools every year. They spend an average of 40 hours a week away from their parents with their classmates and teachers. These students are spread out across more than a thousand school districts in Texas. Each school district operates like its own kingdom, with strict hierarchies and long-held habits ruled over by the superintendent and the elected school board. According to the Texas Education Agency, the school board oversees the management of the district or charter school and ensures that the superintendent implements and monitors district operations. The board and the superintendent work together as a team to bring about the best education possible for the boys and girls they serve. But if school districts are dedicated to serving students, why are we seeing more and more cases of students being abused or neglected in Texas public schools? During my talk with education expert Dr. Chris Kittle, she explained how some school district administrators may decide that protecting the district and their jobs is more important than protecting students. It would appear to me that the administrators are always going to protect the machine. Like the job of the administration is to protect the machine of the district, meaning that the district, the entity of the district is what they want to protect and they will protect that at all costs. I don't even think that they care about protecting the employees. They just care about protecting the reputation of the district. That's their number one goal, at whatever cost. Was that an intentional goal? I don't think so. I think it's just by their actions, that's what they do. To find out more about what happens when school districts prioritize their reputation over student safety, I sat down with Erin Anderson, 
a senior journalist at Texas Scorecard, to ask about a case she covered last year. What stood out to me about the Prosper ISD story of a bus driver molesting two little children and the subsequent cover-up by the school district was really that cover-up and finding out as I spoke with so many moms who were just learning about the scandal in the newspaper was that there was really a pattern in Prosper ISD of sweeping things under the rug. With a population of just over 34,000, Prosper, located in Collin County, appears to be a tranquil Texas town with an A-rated school district. The city's website boasts about local police arresting burglary suspects and encourages residents to attend a free car show downtown. However, last year, this community was rocked by tragedy and scandal emanating from Prosper Independent School District. In August 2022, the parents of two Prosper ISD elementary students filed a lawsuit against the district, alleging that bus driver Frank Paniagua sexually assaulted their eight- and six-year-old daughters for an entire school year. The two girls rode Paniagua's bus three to four days a week. The following two passages are taken directly from the lawsuit. Under the guise of helping Janie Doe II buckle and unbuckle her seatbelt, Paniagua continuously and repeatedly assaulted Janie Doe II every morning she rode the school bus. Upon arrival at the elementary school, Paniagua ensured that Janie Doe II was the second to last student off the bus, where he would then give her a piece of candy. Paniagua's abuse of Janie Doe 1 was far more extensive and brazen. After Janie Doe 2 deboarded the bus at school, Paniagua would turn his attention to Janie Doe 1, a then seven-year-old, where he would systematically ensure Janie Doe 1 was the last student off the bus so that he could assault her at the back of the bus for three to five minutes every morning that she was on his bus. Paniagua attempted to explain Janie Doe 1's constant delays with the deboarding to Prosper ISD administrators as her helping Paniagua to clean the bus by picking up trash. How the Prosper ISD administrators present every morning at the bus and car drop-off missed all signs of this abuse is inexplicable. The two girls were reportedly assaulted more than 100 times that school year and every instance of abuse was captured on the bus's surveillance video, which no Prosper ISD staff member had reviewed for the entire school year. The girls' parents found out about the horrific abuse in May 2022, when they immediately went to the district and called for them to investigate. Prosper ISD Superintendent Holly Ferguson subsequently gave the girls' mom a, quote, scant courtesy call and insinuated that she should stay quiet and not alert the media to, quote, not attract media attention to her family or Prosper ISD staff. Three days later, law enforcement arrested Frank Paniagua. While in the Collin County Jail, Paniagua jumped from a second floor and later died from his injuries. To find out how pedophiles like Frank Paniagua groom their victims, I talked to Lieutenant Commander Kevin Turner. Turner is the coordinator of the Tarrant County Human Trafficking Task Force. Usually it starts out very uh, 
very nonchalant, very just open, you know, regular communication, regular, you know, just conversation between the two. And then as things progress, they try to lure the child to be more confident in, in, you know, their friendship. And then at that point, that's when they start asking of certain things, uh, you know, and it may be, you know, the child being fully clothed, hey, just send me a picture of yourself. And then they'll send that and then they'll start to continue to you know, seek the confidence of the child, and then once the child is in a position where they feel they can start asking for more uh, aggressive things, the grooming process can be as little as 10 to 15, you know, minutes, honestly, to as much as sometimes we've seen it go on for multiple months or even longer. The grooming technique, you know, these individuals are master manipulators. They understand what to look for as far as weaknesses to prey upon with these children. According to Commander Turner, children sexually assaulted by adults face lifelong debilitating effects. I can honestly say, you know, based off some of the sex trafficking cases that we were, but the, you know, the child pornography cases, I mean, it's just, you're stealing that childhood from that kid. I mean, they were just a shell of their former selves, you know, after the trauma they endured. My talk with Commander Turner made it clear that pedophiles are master manipulators who know exactly how to take advantage of children without alerting adults. Which led me to my next question. If Prosper ISD appeared to encourage the mom of the two girls to stay quiet and not let other parents know what happened, how have other school districts responded when their staff members face accusations of inappropriate conduct? 172 miles south of Prosper, in Belton, Texas, infantry combat veteran Dean Ross told me that his stepdaughter's school district failed to act when middle school students raised concerns that a male coach was repeatedly coming into the locker room as they were changing clothes. She came to us and was telling us about a situation where her and a bunch of friends were going around getting a petition signed to have the coach removed. And when we started talking to her about it, it was told to us that he had been coming into the locker room after roll call while they were changing, and a bunch of them felt uncomfortable. Um, that's when we also found out that they had gone to multiple teachers to find out what to do, um, not, not coaches, but regular teachers. And one of the teachers sat down with them and showed them the reporting system, the anonymous reporting system that the district has on their school-issued laptops. Uh, there was multiple reports by multiple girls who uh, reported the incidents. At least five female teachers also signed the girls' petition to remove the coach from their class. Dean's stepdaughter and her friends also went to the school's assistant principal during lunch and told her that their coach was making them uncomfortable in the locker room. However, Dean said that although his family made a formal complaint to the school district, They've heard nothing from Belton ISD about the situation, and the coach remained in his position. They've since removed their daughter from Belton ISD. We do know that he was never removed from the class, and he still attended the class every single day until the end of school. At that point, we decided we had, we had already started homeschooling one of our children, so we decided that to remove her from the school system because of these problems and some other social problems our daughter was having uh, with a group of friends that she had and started homeschooling her. Dean said his daughter is still struggling to process her experience. 
she has a lot of trust issues when it comes to men. Um, uh, we have her in therapy uh, for her different issues that she has. Uh, and mostly she works with female counselors, but the one main counselor had an interview with us, uh, and she had a day where there was a male counselor, and it was very tense and uncomfortable for her. Um, so there, there's a lot of, you can tell that there's a lot of mistrust when it comes to men. And this, I, I would assume, definitely played into it. I was also abused as a child uh, physically by my stepdad so I kind of have a, a, a thing when it comes to people doing this kind of abuse to children and I'm, I'm very protective of my children my stepkids are no different to me than my my biological kids my wife and I have adopted a daughter uh, through CPS who is abused um, I have a soft place in my heart for that the fact that the school system wouldn't do anything about it and wouldn't even remove the teacher from class for a few days to do an investigation to see if the accusations were true is very troubling to me. Dean advised other parents facing a similar situation to put pressure on the school district. Definitely what we learned with this experience is not allow the school to just let it slide under the rug follow up with the school board, follow up with the administration. If I had done a little bit more of a due diligence, maybe some more stuff would come out about something that this teacher may have done. We don't know, but at this point, trying to go to the administration is just gonna seem like an attack on the public school. After talking with Dean, I did some research into Belton Middle School and discovered that the coach involved has since left the district. However, on his Facebook page, the male coach posted three photos of a group of middle school girls in basketball jerseys in the school gym. In the pictures, the girls are smiling, holding up peace signs towards the camera, and posing around a plaque. The former coach captioned his post with, looking through my old photos and found these crazy girls, to which one mom responded saying, my daughter sure misses you. The former coach then said, miss her too. Meanwhile, back in Prosper ISD, the district managed to keep the community, including the parents of other children who rode Paniagua's bus, in the dark about the brutal assaults until three months later, in August 2022, when a bus driver shortage at the district led some to question what was really going on. One week into the 2022-2023 school year, parents were reporting that their kids were left stranded at Prosper ISD bus stops for hours, and that the school failed to notify families when their child's bus was running late. One mom called the incident a gigantic failure of epic proportions. I've never seen anything like it. Kids at Prosper High School weren't picked up by a bus until 5.30 at night. Most kids were standing at bus stops with at least one-hour delays. Some disabled students weren't picked up for two hours or at all. Parents were notified the night before school at 9.40 p.m. that significant delays due to shortages would occur. Many parents didn't receive the email. As parents started sharing their concerns on social media, Superintendent Holly Ferguson sent an apologetic email claiming that the mishap stemmed from higher enrollment numbers, a national bus driver shortage, and a computer programming malfunction. 
However, in a Facebook group called Parents of Prosper ISD, some started to suggest the district was facing a bus driver shortage because of more nefarious reasons. Because people aren't lining up to be bus drivers. Well, you should ask why that is. You should look into what happened at the end of last year that caused bus drivers to leave. What happened? What happened? Long story short, the whole thing was caught on bus cam. Drivers were arrested, put in jail. District admins told people that if they heard rumors in the community that they should squash them. There's a mob-like culture when it comes to questioning anything around here. If you do, you're an outcast. Your kids are affected and your social relationships. Well, who needs to be held accountable? Then, the story broke. A family is suing Prosper ISD in Collin County for not doing enough to protect their young girls from a predator. The family says the girls' school bus driver repeatedly sexually assaulted their girls throughout the last school year. Parents put their trust in school districts to keep our kids safe, and it's not possible when there's no transparency. Although we have confidence that Dr. Holly Ferguson and her team have handled this incident professionally and ethically, the board has retained an independent firm to investigate this matter. I appreciate the statement that you made, um, but I have a few questions for your statement. Will you ever let us know who's actually doing the investigation? Because if we don't know who's actually doing it, how do we know it's really independent? And are you going to share the findings? Because if you don't share the findings of this investigation, no one is going to trust you. And right now, we feel betrayed and we have no faith. So I believe that you, we, you need to provide a follow-up follow statement, giving us a little more clarity on this investigation that you'll be doing. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Kim. The reluctance of both Prosper and Belton ISDs to protect students facing danger from sexual predators made me wonder just what else school districts will cover up to protect their reputations. Statement from the officer, and he said um, that he raised his hand and said, "Please don't shoot me." In the next episode of Exposed, The Dark Side of Texas Schools, we'll talk to a mom who faced opposition when trying to advocate for her special needs child, and we'll find out how Prosper ISD rewarded a superintendent who may have swept a scandal under the rug. The Exposed podcast is a production of Texas Scorecard. Texas Scorecard is the leading news source for government and culture. Go to texasscorecard.com today. This episode was written and hosted by Katie Marshall and produced and edited by Drew Cook.